Welcome back to Bacon Wire, an MSU sports podcast here on the Big Banter Podcast Network. Carter is here. Our friend Andrew Cumbo is filling in for Lucas tonight. Fair warning to the listeners. The first half of this podcast is going to be a lot of ranting, a lot of bitching. It's going to go off the rails. It's going to sound incoherent. If you're wearing headphones, this first half of the podcast might not be enjoyable for you. Between MSU basketball and the Lions, it's going to get ugly. So, so, you know, turn the volume down, play us at two and a half times speed. We'll talk about the Joe Rossi hire. We'll talk about the first visit weekend for Jonathan Smith and MSU football. But let's get into it. Let's get into this right now. Let's talk about MSU basketball. Stop me if you guys have heard this one before. A legendary MSU coach is refusing to adapt to the modern game hires a small circle of his drinking buddies as their assistants. And every facet that the program has become known for is starting to regress into nothingness. The team is soft. They do not know. They do not know assignments and talented players are being wasted in favor of under-recruited guys who were under-recruited for a reason. Who am I talking about right now? Is it Mark D'Antonio? <laughs> it's it's not Mark D'Antonio. It is Thomas Izzo. Certainly, a few um, a few parallels. I just come well, Maybe you can help me. Maybe you can help me out here, right? And I don't know if you have an answer for this either. Mati Sissoko is a total net negative out there. He is a pure negative. He provides you nothing. He doesn't provide energy. He doesn't provide any skill. He can't do anything well. He's a great kid, but I mean, I can't think of a worse starting five that we've that I've watched in my 30-plus years. Well, I haven't been watching MSU basketball that long, but 25 years of watching MSU basketball. I can't remember us ever having a worse five-man. Hell, he's worse than, you know, backup bigs that Izzo's had on good teams. <laughs> I, I would rather have Ben Carter. Ben Carter would be a welcome center in place of Madi Sissoko. I would make that trade every day of the fucking week. And I, I'm looking at the stats right now. He had zero points. He didn't attempt a shot, and he had three rebounds tonight. Out of your starting five at Michigan State, it's crazy. You let a guy seven inches shorter than you and 100 pounds lighter than you tie up with you. Elbow him. Take the flagrant one, God damn it. At least you'd be showing some kind of fight. At least. And it's the thing with like they refuse to play Xavier Booker. And like I get it. He has a long ways to go. He's, you know, he doesn't give the best effort. He's got to get stronger. But like, why did you chase a guy and watch every game all all last summer if you're gonna just sit him on the bench and watch Maddie Sissoko play instead? The whole thing is like the argument is, oh, Sissoko's or uh, uh Booker's not ready. Well, what is Sissoko? Exactly exactly. That's that's if you have if you have guys above him. Like Malik Hall played pretty good tonight. If you have a starting five, you know, that's playing defense, scoring, and is doing okay, then it's one thing. But when he's, I mean, he had, he didn't even attempt a shot. 
How do you play 15 minutes and not even attempt a shot? I don't know. He didn't attempt a shot because he can't hold on to the fucking ball. He cannot That's physically him. hold on to the ball. He's he's Tim Riggins in the Friday Night Lights movie. He's he's a great kid, but Izzo's Izzo's loyalty to him has really. I mean, this pro this team has a lot of issues, but I mean, if they just had a decent five man, what's our record right now? Probably. Even with the bad shooting, what are we, probably 7-2 and two if we had a center that could put up 10-8 and eight every night? Yeah, yeah, we lose to Duke and we lose to Arizona. That's yeah. it. I'm not even saying we need a Nick Ward or a Tillman. Just give me a average center. Ben Carter. Literally, this team is 7-2 and two with Ben Carter. Yeah, I mean, you're Or 7-2 or with, um, fuck, who, um, white guy, walk-on, transfer from Western, uh, played. Whitens. Yes, this yes. team is seven and two with Whitens. Yeah. <laughs> give me, give me twenty fifteen Marvin Clark. If you're looking for one encouraging sign, I guess, and there really isn't any, but Kohler coming back will help. But my issue is, I don't think this staff is going to put Sissoko on the bench, so it's not going to matter. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna. What they're gonna do? They're gonna move. They're gonna give less minutes to Carson Cooper. Right, yeah, or something, or Malik Hall will take a couple less minutes, or or, or uh, um, Carr played the four a lot tonight too. He'll he'll get less minutes, something like that. Just, I just don't fuck. You know what? I I tweeted this as the game was ending. I think the problem these guys are just fucking losers. Like all they've done in their time here at MSU is fucking lose. They have, yeah. They got Imagine. lucky against a Marquette team without Ty with Tyler Kolek at like 75%. Imagine like the old days with like Brand the Brandon Dawson and uh Keith Appley and Gary Harris teams. There would be brawls in the locker room after this bullshit that we saw tonight. No, I would say I I've said this. Draymond Green would be serving multiple life sentences right now <laughs> because he would have fucking murdered right. all of them. Right. All of them. And can we drop the stupid term that we use now, the OKG? You know how Izzo always says that? We recruit the OKGs. It's something that started like four or five years ago. Ever since that stupid-ass term started, we've recruited nothing but the opposite of OKG. <laughs> Literally. How many OKGs has he recruited in the last, like, five recruiting classes? One. Go and look at, like, I would say Aaron Henry was an OKG. Yeah. Um, Pierce has potential. Ears. That's like the only one to me. Yeah, and I I do like Carr too. I do think Carr. Uh, yeah, but I mean, if you look at like the eighteen class with like Lawyer, Kithier, Brown, Bingham, none of those guys were really OKGs. And then you go into the nineteen class, Watts. I mean, I love the guy, but I mean, he he ended up not being any good. Malik's okay, and I'm trying to think. And Julius Marble, he wasn't an OKG. He was, actually, like, the, he was like the worst rebounding big we've ever had. I mean, I was getting worked by Ryan Young in the one game. <laughs> and then you got the 2020 class with Hogard and Sissoko. Neither of them are OKGs. It's just like, can we drop this stupid term OKG when you're not recruiting? Like, ever since it started, we just don't recruit the OKGs. The only OKG on the roster is a guy you got from a method of recruiting that you fucking have spent the last four years railing against. That, that's that, that was another thing I was going to get to. Can you imagine this team the last two years without Hauser and Walker? 
they might not have made the tournament. They would be like Minnesota bad without those two. I mean, Jesus. Michigan State's plan this season has been like run the Tyson Walker save us game plan. It's the same bullshit every game. I mean, tonight we got off to a little bit better of a start, but we start slow and then we're trailing and then Walker gets hot in the second half and we might take a lead and go up two or three and then we choke down the stretch and we end up losing. I think Kohler coming back could be good for like more offensive flow, I guess, because at least in that point you could like run a post touch to him at the very least. What I, the just, I think Kohler will definitely help, but the issue is like, it's bigger like than I think I, I'm high on him. I think he's going to be really a really good player. He's easily the best offensive big we have, which isn't really saying much because nobody else can do anything. But I think he'll help. But like he's not, you know, he's not Shaq. This, he's not going to make – he's not the difference between this team being four and five and being a top five team like they were coming into the season. They're pussies. I mean, it's it's just time to say it. They are pussies. They cannot handle adversity. They read their press clippings over the offseason, and they expect they expected to have shit handled to them. You could see it happen in real time uh, in the James Madison game that they were not fucking built for this. They cannot handle adversity. I think it goes back to what you said. They're just the roster is just full of guys that are used to losing and they just don't give a shit. Like this is what they've like guys like Hogarth, Sissoko, Hall. This is what they've done their four years at MSU. They lose 12, 13, 14, 15 games a year, and it's just they're used to it by now. Yeah, I just I you gotta get it out. You gotta get it out of the system. And if Izzo wants to remain. He's got to clear out the entire fucking room. The entire fucking assistant room has to go. I'm sorry. There, there is not one person on this staff worth fucking keeping. I think I think Montgomery is a decent assistant. He was with Izzo on the 09 and 10 teams back when he was really good. But yeah, outside of that, I mean, I'm not going to defend the rest of the staff. But I put all the blame on Izzo, to be honest. I mean, oh, yeah. Izzo's the guy who at the end of the day, makes all the decisions. And he's the one who's been the stubborn guy not wanting to use the portal. So, I hope every single portal addition for a Big Ten team fucking cooks MSU this year. <laughs> will he even pick up on it? Will, will it even register in his head what happened? Purdue was dominant all last year. They brought back their entire roster. And Matt Painter still went out to the portal and added a guy, and uh, Lance Jones was helping them out. I just, I don't understand the hatred of the portal. I really, I just, I don't get it. Izzo doesn't like it because it doesn't breed competition. The guys that you have right now are not competing. You're starting a guy who doesn't fucking shoot the ball out of loyalty. That's not fucking competition. You're letting a McDonald's All-American rot on the goddamn bench. And what you said is right, Carter, but, like, the funny thing is, like, last year he left three scholarships open. So that's, like, the anti-competing. Like, he literally told the players, I'm not going to bring in anyone to compete against you guys because they were going to cry if they had to compete for playing time. Who gives a shit? Hit the portal if you don't like it. We'll get to it when we talk about football, but sometimes – Players entering the portal is addition by subtraction. It is, yeah. It is. 
And I hate that from college kids, but so, like some of the seniors on the team this year. I don't. They get paid. They all get paid more than we do. Every single miserable fucking loser on that roster gets paid more than we do. It, it is different now that they get paid. I do agree there. They're but, also grown. <laughs> they're like. Yeah. AJ Hogard is fucking 23 years old. Yeah. yeah. He can take it. Hey, yeah. I mean, this, our starting five is older than the Pistons starting five. <laughs> <laughs> Which is nuts. And they have the same issue. They're fucking losers. Yeah. Yep. They can't. They, they fumbled their way into winning. It's funny because we lost to like James Madison and uh, Duke early on, and I was just fucking pissed because I was like, "There goes the fucking one seed," and uh, you know, getting to play in Detroit in the regional, like that doesn't. That's so funny that I was thinking that like three or four weeks ago because this team is like not even in the tournament, let alone like competing for a one seed in a regional. So, yeah, I just. Like I thought tonight was pretty close. Like it's stupid to say a must-win game in December, but like. That was about as close to a must-win game in December as you're going to have. Yeah. Um, Izzo, in the post-game press conference, uh, talked to, uh, threw the bigs under the bus for their lack of production. Who was in charge of allocating minutes to the bigs? Did he do that, though? I have a, I have he a, did. He yeah. actually did it. He actually called out. That actually numbers. makes me proud, though, because when he did that bullshit, and like obviously Izzo deserves a lot of the blame, like I said, but when he did that bullshit when they got their ass kicked on versus Wisconsin, and he said, put this all on me and all that, I was pissed because that's him basically saying that he doesn't feel like his players can take the heat. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, like there, there's no goddamn reason. I'm sorry. There's no goddamn reason. I'm going to beat this fucking thing into the ground. There's no goddamn reason for Xavier Booker to rot on the bench like he has. No goddamn reason. I don't care if he punted a baby. I really don't. The thing with Booker, it goes back to what you said a minute ago. It's like if you have guys above him, ahead of him that are playing, then it's one thing to sit him. But when the guys ahead of him aren't doing anything, why are you sitting him? And why did you waste all summer recruiting this guy if you're not going to play him? Because you know what he's going to do in 2000. This is how. Uh, college sports work in 2023 he's gonna hit the portal in a couple months if things and he's not playing at all with Kohler not even playing so when Kohler comes back is he just literally never gonna touch the court could be the case unfortunately I don't know it's because he's not hurt because if he was hurt they would have to list it on the injury report right that's the only thing right so we know he's not hurt we know he's not. We know he hasn't been sick. So the only explanation is you don't think he's ready. Well, if Xavier Booker's not ready, what the fuck is Madi Sissoko? And he he's the four here. <laughs> he gives you nothing. Nothing. AJ Hogarth gives you barely anything. Booker can at least, even if Booker sucks out there and like isn't doing good. He's at least a threat to like shoot, which opens up the offense. Like it'll give room for like Hogar to drive and stuff. They literally don't even have to guard Maddie when he's out there. They don't even they five don't on four. Threat. Yeah, there's no threat. And I actually like Carson Cooper a lot. And like I don't want to put a lot of blame on him because he's a decent backup big. Like he should not be 
because Maddie sucks, he should not be forced to have to start. You know what I mean? He should be a guy that comes in and plays 10 to 12 minutes a game, and that's it. The, my thing is, like, this team needs to toughen up. But how? How do you toughen them up at this point? How do you toughen up Hogard? How do you toughen up Aikens? Right. This isn't Kentucky where you have a roster full of freshmen. These are, like, 23-year-olds that have played over 100 games here. That's what – That's what. Uh, I mean, we were talking about this before uh, we started recording, but it's like the, the – whether it's true or not, it's, you know, Izzo – has lost his fastball and either he has or it's like it seems like he has so it's like can he get it back i still think he can coach i i think his i think literally 90 percent of the issues are just due to him being stubborn refusing to use the portal um or the bullshit he pulled the other night starting cooper why would you ever start cooper and sissoko together I mean, that's an, it's like he tries to make it more difficult on himself than he, than he needs to be. <laughs> like last year when they played Kentucky, I thought that was like vintage Izzo coaching-wise. Like he was drawing up all those plays and stuff. Like I think he can still coach for the most part. It's just he's stubborn and he, he – I mean, he said himself, maybe this will be what ends my career being stubborn, you know, with the portal and all that. And it's like the transfer portal should be like – making Tom Izzo's job easier and make him more dominant. Because anytime you have a hole on your roster, you can you're, you can call up a kid and you're Tom Izzo and, you know, you're going to land him. And yeah. instead he just – all these other teams are upgrading their roster and he's just standing pat and deciding not to do anything. Now there's no difference between these teams. Michigan State's falling behind the pack. These other teams, they're getting better. Imagine if we had Mast on our team instead of instead of Nebraska. Right. It's just I like we always said for years, like Izzo would Izzo would have got uh his second title if uh this five star, you know, didn't get a bag. He was gonna get he was gonna get this recruit, but he got a bag from you know Kentucky or something like that. Well now you can go out and buy kids and you can go out and upgrade your roster every spring when you have a hole, and he just decides not to do that. I just it blows my mind. I don't get it. it it's yeah. adapt or die. College sports are adapt or die, and he's not adapting. Like last year, literally just even thinking about like I know we made the Sweet 16, but we had ups and downs all last year. And just like thinking about it, like, like blows my mind. Like we left three scholarships open last year. We played, we had 10 scholarship players. Three of them were centers that had never played meaningful minutes in college basketball. Maddie Sissoko, who had never played, and then two freshmen, and one of them was Carson Cooper who you wanted to redshirt. They wanted to redshirt him last year, and then they pulled, They took the redshirt off. So I just don't get it. It'd be nice to have some new blood in the coaching staff or something, just somebody with an outside perspective. Just something yeah. different. Something different. Different, yes, I agree. They've worked in the last four years. Izzo needs, a, Izzo needs guys around him that he's familiar with, and then someone who also is willing to tell him things that he might not agree with and challenge him. He doesn't need yes men around him. Which is weird. You just wouldn't expect him to like have just a staff full of yes men. Right. But and he always talks about like I know you guys you guys know I'm always I always a, a huge Izzo slappy defending against people that want him to retire and all that shit. 
And like, as much as like, it's frustrating, like, let's just say Izzo does retire. Like who the hell is coming here? Like, you're not going to get like, I would like, I would love if you told me like Nate Oates or somebody like that came here, but that's not how it's going to go. It's going to go. Izzo's going to name his successor barring like something crazy. So like as, as much as like this sucks, like I'm not going to get excited over like Dwayne Stevens coming to Michigan state and being the head coach or drew Valentine or here's the thing. I, I would hope that halt that Haller has enough sense to not, not have that scenario happen okay i would because here's the, in situations where the coaches of Izzo's of Izzo's class right of Izzo's generation have retired there has always been a younger assistant on staff who has been anointed as the head coach in waiting mm. right? there's no one there there's no coach like that here and if you look, I've if you look at like North Carolina, Duke, Syracuse, Villanova, they all that's what they all did when they replaced legendary coaches, but they all all had that assistant that was, you know, capable of taking over on their coaching staff. Yeah, MSU doesn't have that. Yeah, you think Doug Wojcik is gonna continue the tradition of excellence in MSU basketball? Fuck that. Right. It, it's terrifying to think about, honestly, because the program slipping under Izzo and like, I always thought it was, it was inevitable that he would get the second title. I just thought it would happen. And like these last couple years of like, if I'm being honest, like, I just don't know if I just don't, if I had to bet, I would say it's probably not going to happen at this point. No. And anyone who wants to call him wash, anyone who wants to call him overrated, I'm not going to defend him anymore. Yeah. It's not. The only good thing about March Madness is, and well, you got to get in there to, to have a chance. This team isn't even going to get in there at this point, but everyone in college basketball just like has varying levels of sucking that if you just get into the tournament, you might have a chance at making a run. But I mean, that's kind of depressing to think that's like your thing you're relying on. So um, maybe some breaking news here. Um, you I'm know, too. As, as as bad as it is at East Lansing, um, <laughs> let's go sixty miles up the road for a second. Um, yeah, Ron Howard, Ron yeah, Howard punched an assistant at practice. Yeah, come on. I don't know if you saw this. Trilly Donovan tweeted uh, Michigan with like the conceited gif where he's like, so. Wait, what? Yeah, I'm trying. I'm I'm looking at. Yeah, I see the. Trilly Donovan said that. So Justin, Justin then just retweeted it. So something actually must really be. I mean, that's it. I mean, that's a good thing for Michigan, honestly, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of cr- the the parallels between like Michigan State football and Michigan. No, seriously. <laughs> like Beeline and D'Antonio are so similar, and then Tuck and Juwan are so similar. It's insane. <laughs> Let's it's hope so, it's insane. Yeah. Uh, if if you're a basketball coach in Corvallis, Oregon, you know, keep your phone on, keep your phone on, keep the ringer on. <laughs> um, was that, was that Trey, Trey Tinkle to Michigan? Yeah. And they had um, that one run a couple of years ago. And well, then they held it up going like three and 28. Yeah. <laughs> Here is. Here's my thing on the lines. Um, 
Jared Goff, you can't pay Jared Goff. I'm sorry. You play out the last year of this deal, and you either you 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 play out the last year of this deal. You let Hendon Hooker have a full year to develop, and then you draft and then you draft Michael Penix. Jared Goff can you cannot pay Jared Goff, even a team friendly deal. The problem with Jared Goff is that, and you saw it in L.A. Every single thing has to be right in order for him to succeed. The receivers need to run the right routes. There needs to be the right protection. He needs five seconds to throw, and it's got to be in a dome or warm weather. If it's cold, if someone on the O-line is hurt, if someone slips on a route, if he's pressured, it all fucking falls apart. You need to be able to improvise in the NFL. You can't just sit there and expect and expect looks to be open. You just can't. And, you know, as this team hits some kind of salary cap situation where we're going to have to pay Frank Ragnow, we're going to have to pay Panay Sewell, we're going to have to pay Amon Ra, we're going to have to pay, we're going to have to pay Laporta, we're going to, we shouldn't pay Hutch, but we're probably going to pay Hutchinson. You cannot dedicate any money to Jared Goff and hope he continues on his production he has in the first half of the season because it will fail. It will fail. And Aaron Glenn needs to be fired. He cannot, he cannot come back next season. I have been able to convince myself that this year is the year before the year. And as long as they win the division and they get a home playoff game and they're competitive in that home playoff game, then that sets them up for success next year. They're able to hit free agency, address the needs on defense, draft the needs on defense, and all that stuff. But if you bring Brack, Aaron, Glenn, then that shit is all for naught because it's a scheme issue. They might have two new coordinators next year. That's right. Honestly, fine, because I don't think Ben Johnson has been up to snuff lately either. Jared Goff cannot throw in the cold. Why are you calling downfield passes where his primary luck is going to be 35 yards down the field? You have two stellar running backs. Run the fucking ball. Well, uh... Well, I, I still think the Lions will be all, all right. Probably not in terms of, like, Super Bowl contenders, but they're going to win the North, and then they're going to play – who are they going to play in the playoffs? Probably, like, Seattle or the Rams LA. or something, somebody like that. They can they can beat – they can win a playoff game at home for sure, I think. Losing to, losing to Matthew Stafford at home is going to cause some significant psychic damage, and – I might get put on blast on Kelly Stafford's Instagram story because I I might be liable to say some heinous shit to her <laughs> if that happens. That would be a fun matchup. The, the Lions hosting their first home playoff game since what the night early nineties, and they do it versus their former franchise QB. That'd be a fun game for a neutral observer. Sure, I can see how I can see how a Cowboys fan would enjoy that, or a Falcons fan. Um, 
I don't think the Rams are that great. Sorry, Lucas, but I don't. But uh, <laughs> I don't. Th I think the Lions. I would pick the Lions to win that game. They played the Rams at home. Yeah, I just. I'm just so fucking. It's been it's been over a month. It's been six weeks, right? And if it was a couple games, you chalk it up to you chalk it up to one thing or the other. But no, Aiden Hutchinson only has one move. The tape is out on him. He spins. That's it. That's all he can do. He doesn't bully rush. That, he doesn't cut. He doesn't do anything. That little clip of him where he just like spun and then he spun again. This was so funny to me. <laughs> Have you seen that one? He's like trying yeah. to spin against the bigger oh, stack clip, but he doesn't out, actually move. So he tries it again. Tony from college, who just like, and you know what? Was he being held? <laughs> yeah. But on the same level of if it's cool, it should count. <laughs> if the D lineman is doing something so fucking stupid that you're just bear hugging him to stop embarrassing himself, that's not holding. You're doing something good. You're, you're performing a public service. You should be nominated for Walt Payton Man of the Year. <laughs> I'm just so fucking... It's just like... the. These losses compounding on top of one another is not good. It was not good for me today. The Wisconsin loss compounded with the Lions loss, compounded with the MSU loss to Nebraska. It just. Hey, at least my, not to like toot my own horn, but at least the Cowboys are winning right now. <laughs> They're about the only team I root for that brings me any kind of happiness. MSU football sucks. Michigan State basketball sucks. The Tigers suck. Pistons have lost, what, 19 in a row? <laughs> At least with yeah. some off seasons, you can just like pretend your team doesn't suck and like delude yourself into thinking that there'll be something. <laughs> it's much easier to take losses, though, when you just know your team fucking sucks. But like, like this, MSU, this MSU basketball team, like, I'm a obviously a bigger basketball fan than football fan anyway, but like the, I was just the whole football season just looking forward to MSU basketball, you know, top five uh, ranking, and then they're four and five nine games in, which I would have never predicted that in a million years. Yeah, it's just um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, fuck. I don't know. Um, yeah, so a bunch of people uh, – see, this is how you know uh, college football Twitter is superior, by the way. Let's talk Let's talk baseball real quick, talking talk stickball. College football Twitter is superior because they would have figured out it was the Shark Tank guy's jet like an hour and a half into – an hour and a half into the flight. It would have been – it wouldn't even have left California's airspace before they would have been like, oh, yeah, that's the Shark Tank guy. That's not Shohei. Um, so ten years, seven hundred million dollars for Shohei Otani to the Dodgers. Um, we don't even know if it's official yet. <laughs> it's because the team hasn't announced it. Um, isn't he making more than the Tigers' entire payroll? The Tigers' payroll is eighty-four million. Okay, so it's, <laughs> okay, so not very far off. But that's only because of Javier Baez. Yeah, <laughs> that's insane. <laughs> yeah. On anyone, yeah, it's it's nuts. Um, and, and baseball is worse off for it. This is why baseball is dying, I think. 
Baseball contracts are so stupid. Like, why do they have the like? Ten years is crazy. How they get paid in th- that money into their forties? It's nuts. Like the Miguel Cabrera contract was like a complete waste. The last like six years of the deal. Well, like part of it, and I've had this explained to me before by baseball people, is you get paid. In this isn't true for Shohei because. You know, he was like a phenom in Japanese baseball. I assumed he was treated pretty well in Japan. But for, like, guys who, like, come from Latin America or, like, American-born players who come up through the minors, you're basically, you're basically like, getting paid below the poverty line for, like, five years. So it's kind of like a makeup for the money, like, you probably should have been paid when you were, like, 23, 24 and in, like, double A. Taking a taking a chartered school bus eight hours, but yeah, this is this is insane. And like, I don't know. I'm excited to see how the Dodgers fuck up in the playoffs next year. I'm really, I'm really excited to see what happens. It's crazy. The only title they've won on this, like, because they win a hundred freaking games. It seems like every year they've only won one title, and it was during COVID, right? Yeah, it's Mickey Mickey. I don't know what it is with the city of Los Angeles and dominating that Mickey those Mickey Mouse playoffs, but yeah. <laughs> they, yeah, Los Angeles has more fraudulent championships than than anywhere else. And I'm counting USC's and UCLA's like two loss LA Times national titles. So um Here's the uh so let let's talk football. All right. Let's 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 talk some gridiron because I I think the vibes there are like significantly different and significantly higher in Spartan Stadium than they are over at uh over at Breslin. Uh first things first, the defensive coordinator position has been filled. Uh Tony Rossi, uh who the, or Joe Rossi, excuse me, uh, who was over in Minnesota in their defensive coordinator position, uh, joins Jonathan Smith's staff in the same role. Um, Rossi in 2021 and 2022 had uh, top 10 defenses nationally. Uh, so that is, that's pretty cool. There was regression this year. Um, but it was due to an anemic offense and injuries. I think kind of, I think kind of shook some things up. Um, and this obviously puts us in a good position with uh, with Brady Pret- Pretzlaff, who uh, Gaylord linebacker, who not he's not a he's not a Gaylord linebacker. He's from Gaylord, Michigan. I should, I should specify. Um, <laughs> um, you know, I asked our uh, I asked our friends over at the Ski U Pod about about this about about him what we should know. Um, this is what they said: uh, Sad to see him leave. Good X's and O's. Typically had the defense pretty stout against the run. Pretty conservative play caller. Relied on the front four to generate a pass rush. My biggest complaint would be that we dropped eight in the pass coverage too often. I think he'll do well there. So things, Scotty Hazeltony. Yeah, um, conservative play calling, relying on the front four to get a pass rush. Four two five, sort of a sort of a three four ish thing. 
Yeah. So, the stand-up rusher. Yeah, we'll we'll see. I get. I mean, I don't know. We'll um. You know, you can't argue with the track record. Um, you can't argue with the competition that established that track record. But you know, I, I'm. You know, it, it's a new staff. Got to give them a chance, right? It's. Yeah, that's kind of my thing with this. Is like, yeah, we all kind of wanted. Uh, we all wanted Phil Parker or someone like that, like a Jimmy Lake or something. But um, I'm not gonna like throw this hire out before it happens. But I do want to see what it looks like on the field. So yeah, and and you know, um, there is a. Um, There is, there is a feature of uh, of Joe Ross's defenses where the where the linebackers play a huge role. They have a lot of responsibilities in terms of in terms of you know kind of adjusting coverages. Um, they get to do a lot of blitzing. They get to um, you know they really get to get after the quarterback, and that might be attractive to a one Jordan Hall, who uh, you know I think is going to be a major piece for the staff to try to keep. Um, out of the transfer portal. How is he as a recruiter? Have you guys heard anything on that? Um, have not heard much. Um, obviously, um, Minnesota has their own challenges. Um, one of the big reasons he left, I think, is we were able to give him a massive raise over over his current um, salary pool. Um, that's something that uh, Ski U brought up as well. Um, Minnesota is way behind the curve on on assistant salaries. So I imagine he got a pretty healthy he got a pretty healthy raise, um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know how he is with recruiting. I mean, we'll, we'll be able to see. Um, and you know, again, he's it's not the sexiest hire Smith could have made, right? But I I don't think throwing the baby out with the bathwater is going to be is productive in this situation. Right. Everything is an upgrade over the previous staff, right? <laughs> right, exactly. Every you know, everyone's like, "Ooh, do we want? Do we want Lindgren? Do we want him to bring Lindgren over? Lindgren yeah. averaged thirty three points a game. Yeah. <laughs> Jay Johnford, Jay Johnson averaged what? Ten. Like <laughs> right. Anything upgrade? Literally we like ten points. We where we scored ten points combined versus Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, and Washington. I think. Yeah. Uh, zero in two of those games, three, seven, yeah, ten. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally. So like it's anything. one thing to get blown out, but like to never to not even be able to get garbage touchdowns in the second half when you're down by 40 is crazy. <laughs> Michigan State averaged 16 points a game. Good for dead last in the Big Ten below Iowa. Yikes. <laughs> Damn, I didn't man, I, I we really averaged less than Iowa. I know we sucked, but damn. <laughs> 89 and a half rushing yards a game. Dead last in the Big Ten. Passing yards, oh, 199.8. That puts us 10th in the Big Ten. God, I'm MSU sports. I, I, I love the Smith hire, but MSU sports are just so depressing right now. I like the Smith hire too, but we're not going to see what it looks like until <laughs> yeah. until, what, like August of next year? Yeah, I mean, it's not like I mean, he's, I don't expect him to compete for things right away. I mean, he's going to need a couple of years to at least 
fix the mess that Tucker left him. So I would just like a bowl game next year. I think that's entirely reachable. But yeah, again, we'll, have to, we'll have to see. We hope Aiden Childs is the quarterback. I think you can do something with Nathan Carter. Maybe if you get Scooter Carry back in the fold. At least they should be somewhat entertaining next fall, right? If they get Childs at quarterback, like yeah, like he'll die for the next yeah, couple. Yeah, of the most excited I've been about a quarterback MSU's got in a long time. Yeah, so let's talk about that. This is the first weekend um, uh, of official visits that of the Jonathan Smith era at MSU. Um, he had the the uh, the Nieski twins, uh, Nick Marsh. Um, and a few, uh, I, those are Jack Velling, uh, yeah. transfer from, from Oregon state, um, and Kyle's. So, um, those are big visits. Um, you know, obviously Childs. um, there's been a lot of, there's been a lot of talk about, about him. A lot of guys are, it's kind of a foregone conclusion among the national college football media. Um, that he's going to come to MSU. Um, obviously, that can change. You know, who knows? But um, I would imagine that uh, whatever, you know, SD4L fucking pays Matt Madi Sissoko. They can they can pay Aiden Childs. I'm sorry. Are we going to get our NIL stuff in line? Yeah. Brett has a space tonight, if you're listening to this on Monday. Tonight. Um, about the state of NIL um, at Michigan State. You know, Brett it ostensibly does, is um, going to be in some kind of NIL role um, moving forward, NIL management, NIL executive, whatever. Um, so, uh, yeah, but SD4L cannot sponsor the football team. If they want to remain basketball only, that's fine. Um, but... Yeah, that SD4L's got to go. Um, there, there needs to be something to take its place. I'm, I'm totally okay with that. Uh, but yeah, no, it's exciting, right? It's this is this is what's fun about a new coaching staff is is the hope, right? The the selling of the vision, right? They went out onto the field and guys, not a single sports car, not a single one, not even an American car, like not even a Dodge Challenger. Not no a single cars. car, not a single car on the field. No cars, no farm animals. As I say, where were the goats? With the kids, <laughs> just the kids hanging out on the field together. <laughs> I think they took them to like a go kart place or something. Too. Yeah, and you know what? They look like they had more fun just fucking around on the field in uniforms, in pads, than any of those kids looked posing with like Lamborghinis. Yep. It's so funny to look back at that. It just makes me laugh my ass off every time I think about it. Uh, <laughs> bringing five, five stars in from like Oklahoma to have them sit in a Lamborghini and hang out with goats. <laughs> three days. All right. Committed Alabama graphic. Yep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Harold Perkins, like, oh, I'm going to come out there. Nope. Just kidding. I'm at LSU. Yeah. That's. But yeah, hopefully we kind of hopefully the commitments start pouring in from, from you know Oregon State guys who's trying to flip and from you know portal entrance. Um, they've been targeting a lot of guys outside of Oregon State, some G five guys, 
um, some P5 transfers. Um, in terms of football, I think the best portal strategy, honestly, is to take the overperforming G5 guys over the underperforming Power 5 guys. Yeah, we've taken some of those uh, underperforming Power 5 guys in recent years, and it really hasn't worked out that well. That was the Tucker-like go-to. Like, oh, this uh, four-star didn't play here? All right, I'm definitely going to go after him and bring him to Michigan State. Yeah, it's like, well, maybe there's a reason they didn't play there. Exactly. Perhaps, perhaps Tun Mice Adelele uh, wasn't, getting, wasn't getting run at Texas A&M for a reason. Yeah. Yep. Or Ronald Williams or Mir Speed or Sean Black. Well, Keyshawn Blackstock was a was a community college guy, but he didn't do anything. When they gave him his dad's annoying as fuck. Yeah, I'm gonna get Tino DM. <laughs> I was gonna say I'm not commenting on that. <laughs> <laughs> I've never said anything. That wasn't me that said that. <laughs> you know what? I'll own it. Uh, yeah, Tino's annoying as shit. I'll, I'll own it. There you go. <laughs> so I, you know, I, I'm not a recruiting expert. Um, I don't know what's going to happen next in terms of in terms of timeline to what to expect for Childs. I would Childs. I would say keep uh, keep tuned to Corey Robinson and Justin Thind. Um, they're really the authorities on this. But you know, moving forward, I'm excited. Like I'm pumped. I think it's going to be a lot. I think this is going to be. I'm good. And and like you guys said, my expectations aren't super high. Um, you know, if they flip the record, I think that's a resounding success in year one. Absolutely. I think there's enough talent to do it, um, depending on who they bring in. And if they're able to retain guys, um, whether they get them to come back from the portal or not. But yeah, I'm I'm super excited about football. I kind of like that he's going to – I don't know if you guys agree or not, but I kind of like that it seems like he's going to go after uh, more Michigan and Ohio kids than Tucker did. Like, I know the talent isn't the greatest, but sometimes you need a good core of your roster to be the people that grew up, you know, knowing the Michigan-Michigan State rivalry and all that, and it, it'll help. Yeah, that. I mean, I think that's part of Ohio State's problem right now is that, yeah. you know, they have guys who just don't give a fuck about the rivalry yeah right and they don't yeah they don't know it. they didn't grow up on it right and urban meyer was able to instill that hatred into them yeah and ryan day just isn't able to Mm -mm. just can't do it because he didn't grow up in it either so right the other thing is that this coaching staff is so player development like central so, you know, getting those lower level guys and turning them into good players, like on top of getting good recruits, like it's a mix of both. So I think, um, I, yeah, I think that's a good mix. Yeah, I, I like that they have plan Bs, yeah. right? That's something that the last recruiting staff did not have. Oh, they didn't have like, it at all. They just recruited. I, I swear to God, the previous staff just recruited based off 24-7 and on three rankings. <laughs> and it's just like, then the kids come in elsewhere and they're like, oh shit, we actually have to like evaluate other kids. Yeah, the 2023 class was like, what, 13 guys? Like That's, yeah. not, that's yeah. not healthy. That is not healthy. That's right. not sustainable because now you have no one on your roster. In the transfer portal era, you should never be bringing in recruiting classes that small. No, especially now where um and, and I'll say this, right? There have been a few portal entries in the last uh 
in the last week or so, right, from, from a few guys. Here's what I'll say regarding that, right? And I have no, I have no inside knowledge. This is just my gut feeling is that anyone who's entering the portal now after the like initial initial rush of guys announcing their intent and guys entering like when the portal first opens i am reading that as the staff processing based on who's entering and why they're entering that feels correct to me right because why are you sitting around for two weeks for a week when that time could be spent getting in contact with coaches, establishing visits, all that stuff. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. They want to, this is, I mean, this is natural. It's, it's a mix of both things too. Like these guys who are all entering the portal, were probably going to do so in the season, but it didn't make sense to do it in the season. So they just waited until after the season. And then also like, they want to go play for, you know, a coach that they choose. Like a lot of these guys didn't choose Jonathan Smith, no matter how you know good of a coach we think he is, they want to play for their own guy. So they're going to do that as, you know, especially the whole situation with Sam Levitt where he didn't get recruited by Jonathan Smith at a high school. Uh, so he's going to want to go somewhere else. I heard he was visiting Nebraska, but then I also saw Kyle McCord and Julian Fleming are visiting Nebraska too. So I think he's going to go to Utah or BYU. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's kind of the, the rumors, huh? Good yeah. luck on seeing the Huck in Hebrew. I'll say that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm you know I I'm just ready to see what the staff looks like. They did offer a quarterback in the 24 class. Um, I watched some of the guys' tape, then link to it. Looked pretty damn good. I mean, you know, he's under recruited. He's a Ball State commit as things stand, but. You know, I think being able to go in and identify that talent immediately. And like you said, work the Midwest, right? A region that that Jonathan Smith and Brian Lindgren just don't have any experience with. Being able to find that, being able to find a guy like that right away who many people were like, I can't believe this is this kid's first P5 offer. Like, that's that's good news, right? They've been here a week and they're already like, uncut. they're already digging and looking and you know, you I think to do that to be good at Michigan State, in my opinion, too, because you're not gonna you can recruit good, but you're not gonna recruit out recruit a Michigan or Ohio State or Penn State. Like you have to be good at evaluating kids, otherwise you have no chance. Right. And it and, seems like the staff's pretty good at it, at least you know, from a couple years of Oregon State. And I, I'm cooking something up in the offseason, and I think that was probably it's probably a problem overall with with Saban disciples is that like elite talent just comes to you mm -hmm. right there's not a lot of developing you have to do so you don't understand like what to look for in a guy who's under recruited you just know that you need to get five stars in order to win and you do need five stars in order to win the data proves that out but when you're building a program you need to be able to you know build a foundation of we took these guys and developed them into this, that, and the other, you know, this is what we can do for you. It's the vision Antonio was able to sell. He ultimately stopped selling that vision, but, you know, he, he was able to get those higher caliber guys because he was able to say, look what I did with Le'Veon Bell. 
The funny thing about D'Antonio is his downfall kind of started when we brought in, or when he brought in, like, his best class. Like, remember the dream class or whatever? Oh, well, that, yeah. That ended up yeah. being a nightmare class, not the dream class. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of some other, other stuff. Extenuating yeah. circumstances, we'll, we'll say. Yeah. yeah, and some of those top guys that they missed on in, like, 2017, 2018, like, those guys were just terrible. <laughs> like the like the Devonte Dobbs, the Julian Barnetts of the world, the what Trenton Gillison. I remember being so pumped when we got Barnett and Dobbs to come out. Yeah, same. Like, oh yeah, that's winning the state right there. Yeah. Belleville pipeline can't deal with it anymore. Well, although I'll gladly take Underwood if he wants to come out. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that feels LSU sort of. Uh, Seems like where he's gonna go. That's yeah. that's kind of why they have the. Uh, that's why they had the Jaden Daniels Heisman posters in, in Ypsilanti and uh, where's the other one? Like just Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they had Jaden Daniels posters in Ypsilanti, Detroit. Yeah, like billboards, like Heisman. Yeah. It's fun. Probably or you know, like around Belleville, like yeah. kids are gonna drive down the road. Like, and you paying for that? <laughs> Heisman. Yeah. Heisman. Uh, Heisman Trophy winners here at LSU, Bryce. <laughs> so, uh, speaking of the Heisman Trophy, um, Wojo was definitely the guy to to give first play, to give a first play vote to JJ, right? Yeah, Justin like, Rose what? tweeted one, did one too, I think. What the fuck does that guy have a Heisman vote? <laughs> this is the problem with the Heisman Trophy: is that every te- like every fifth guy. I hear has a Heisman vote. My reaction is, how the fuck does that guy have a Heisman vote? <laughs> if you told me Dave Portnoy has a Heisman vote, I would not be shocked. You can say that about like everything, though, like the polls and stuff like that. Like so many idiots that don't even follow the sport get to vote in the polls too. Yeah, Aud- <laughs> Audrey Dahlgren was was the AP the AP poll voter for MSU this season. <laughs> Graham Couch brought it up a couple of years ago. He's like, these guys are like beat writers for like one team. So they watch one team for an entire season. They don't get to see, you know, the full season of the entire landscape of college football. Yeah, they're busy working all day and then traveling, you know, after the game or whatever. Like they're better off having like some diehard college football fans that watch football all day doing the polls. They're not me locked in a basement. Watching five TVs at once during the right. football season, which is my literal setup. I watch five games at once. Damn. Sounds like a good Saturday. It is. It's awesome. It's the best. Uh, em- my girlfriend, Emily, will attest to this. She loves college football Saturdays. She loves sitting on a couch for 12 hours and being <laughs> overstimulated at watch- trying to keep tabs on five games at once. It's her favorite thing in the world. That's why I like this. Uh, usually, like, I like going to, like, one or two games a year, but other than that, I like just watching them at home or a buddy's house or whatever, where, where we can have four or five TVs set up at once. It's it, it's peak dudes rock. Yeah. College football's peak dudes rock. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to wrap it up. Um, any final thoughts on anything we discussed today, fellas? 
Uh, I saw Izzo said in the post game that Xavier Booker's gonna get some uh, opportunities moving forward. So I mean that that could help, I guess. Good. We'll see. My only thought is just pray to the Lord that we can turn this around. They need. I mean, I've said I said this about Wisconsin and Nebraska next or this week. So it's, but Baylor is almost like a must win next Saturday. Is it not? I don't think you can drop to four and six and feel any better about where they are. And the Big Ten blows this year. So, like, you're not going to have many opportunities for, you know, big wins. Resume builders, yeah. You need to beat Baylor next Saturday. Next Saturday should be, I mean, not fun. I mean, it could be fun. It could be not fun, especially not for Spartan Dog. You got to watch Lions and uh, Michigan State. Yeah, it's a good little Saturday in Detroit. Yeah. You gonna hit either of them? What? Are you are you gonna hit either of them? Either of the games? Come, where I, are you going to? I think. I, well, I was planning on going to the MSU Baylor game for sure, and then that bullshit happened this week that I'm like, yeah. I don't know if I want it because the ticket prices aren't cheap either. When I look, like, is this team worth spending two or three hundred dollars on tickets for right now? I don't not, know. not right now. <laughs> Are you guys going? No, I am not. No. Um, you know, I'm. I'm. Not, I'm just not gonna invest all that time and effort, and you know, go over two, <laughs> probably. Uh, I think against- the Lions will probably win, but I mean, if it's like MSU, I mean, the players don't seem to really be giving a shit. So why should the fans give a shit? <laughs> yeah, they just don't care. They don't care. That's the part that. That's the part that makes it worse is that they don't can't wait for the fucking care. can't wait for like people to stop going to games. Then we see tweets from the players like keep that same energy, stay on that side. It's like shut up. Right. <laughs> Which we've had players, I'm not gonna name names that have done that bullshit the last three or four years. <laughs> and it's like play better and we won't have you won't get the criticism that you get. These guys won't even do that, they'll just cry. They won't even they won't even do that shit. They'll just fucking cry. Yeah. Fucking losers. Um see Izzo said uh to the how they asked him how he feels on center and he said right now Nick Sanders and Steven Izzo are options. <laughs> you know who else was an option? This guy doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, you know who else was an option? Anyone in the fucking transfer portal. Oh yeah, yes, yes. You you weren't required to run with this group again after last year. Yeah, I, fuck, whatever. I just um, hope Jackson Kohler comes back and turns into Hakeem Olajuwon or something because that's about the only only chance we have at turning this around. Really sick, really fucking sick of this. All right, fellas, I'm ready to leave it here for the week. Uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. Hopefully, hopefully we have an Aiden Childs um, commitment, a Jack Felling commitment. Um, Until then, go green. Go white. Go white.